Attention all business owners. Are you tired of managing your finances and taxes on your own? Let the experts at 1-800-TAX-MASTERS help. Our team of experienced professionals offers a range of services to help you keep your finances in order, from personal and business tax returns to monthly accounting, quarterly, and annual tax planning, and virtual controller and CFO services. With our virtual services, you can get the support you need without ever having to leave your office. Don't let taxes and finances stress you out any longer. Visit www.1800taxmasters.com today and let us handle the numbers so you can focus on growing your business. And welcome to another live episode of Stuck in My Mind podcast. I am your host, W-I-Z-E. And my next guest is known as the queen of performance and productivity. Welcome to the show. Sabrina, run back. Hi, how are you? Thanks for bringing me here. Uh, Thank you for being a guest. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, and then also thanks everyone who's watching us, listening later on replay. You choose us, so we appreciate you to uh, have a moment to yourself. Yes, yes, we do appreciate everybody who's tuning in now. And uh, if you catch the audio version or you catch the video version, we greatly appreciate the support. All right, so let's just jump right into it. So what what led you to specialize in, in time management and productivity uh, for healthcare leaders and their team? Such a great question. I was that busy bee all the time. I was the only child, only girl in my whole family of all male cousins. So growing up, it becomes like, oh, you know, do whatever you need to do, get a good gray mare off, have kids, you're set. And I was like, that traditional way of what successful life looks like was just far beyond what I wanted for myself. And I also gone through that. And where I got two bachelor, two masters, got into medicine, I just kept going. And from outside, definitely can seem like um, I had a nice apartment, the good uh, cars. Um, I was engaged and uh, married at some point. And it just like, Everything would just keep going, but that going part doesn't equal to how do you value yourself and feel like fulfillment? Because I was also working 80 plus hours at a time and operating nonstop and getting to the point that I was constantly sick to one day that I was having a fever while still operating. And the next day I was just like, wow, okay, if I can't even get to the bathroom, I can't even get out of bed. This is not sustainable that I just can't do that. And the other funny thing at that moment is all I wanted was a dog. I cannot even take care of myself. How am I going to take care of another living being? So everything kind of stuck and came together. And now before I didn't go into medicine, what I did was public health and neuroscience really focus on self-care, self-efficacy, and stress management. But somehow all of us who are super knowledgeable forget that we have all these resources already in us, but because we're stuck in the environment, we got these brain fart all of a sudden, right? Like we don't know what to do anymore. So when I have to take a step back just to realize, geez, despite of what I can do, fix, and complain about a situation, 
it's not helping me. I pivoted then into that operational side of healthcare. The how do we hire the right people when they get on board? How can we make sure these uh, providers stay with us, right? Or the MAs, nurses stay with us and not just jump shift a few months down the road, which we see that a lot, right? Really not only in healthcare, but any field that we truly care about resources and retention of good staff member. So I got into that round of, okay, we really have to realize that many people burned out where they don't want to stay in an organization. The number one driver by research is, do you know what that is? Why, why employees want to leave? Yeah. Uh, bad management. Okay. So what, <laughs> but, but what is that result? I'll, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you five options, right? More pay, more in-year bonus, more autonomy, more training for the career ladder, or more appreciation. Which more one? Appreciation. More appreciation. Now, appreciation actually is the number one driving factor for productivity. And we all know the book, Five Love Languages, and there's also the five appreciation languages, which is very similar. What most executive and leaders always think about is, well, we do have team fun events, the pizza parties, the um, the bonus based on their productivity, right? Like how much they're bringing in, how quickly they produce. However, it's actually, we need to focus on what that individual want as their preference of prioritizing their way of appreciation. Because the people who love quality of time, that could mean they want an extra day off. So if they met a quota, give them the extra day off. Or their quality time means I value my manager's opinion that I wanted to have a sit down just to have a heart to heart where I value that I can bring something to the table. I want someone just to hear me out, right? And that's very different from those who want gifts. So that means they do want the in-year bonus. It makes more sense to them, right? And then the it's also different from the people who want to have active service. Well, you're doing such a great job, yada, yada. Those are word of affirmation. But when people hear word of affirmation, they want to hear based on the result and the effort they put in, not just this generalized, you did a good job, because then can feel a little fluff. You're just saying to me because you have to, instead of you actually see how hard I'm working to deliver this result. And do you actually see what result I'm bringing to the table or to the team, right? And then last two of um, active service is that, even I'm doing a good job, perhaps I feel so buried, right? I'm just on top of everything I can't even handle anymore. But if someone else offer to help me, wow, that's amazing, right? And then of course the toughest is gonna be touch. Um, some people don't even like hugs, right? Some people like only a handshake is okay. Some people it's okay to pat each other on the back, just uh, right, or a little elbow nudge. Who knows, and especially in this era of pandemic. So we need to understand individually 
people have that drive to gain their weight appreciation, but on top of that, they have to have a individual need, right? What drives who they are as a person, right? Is, is that fame? So that means they want the title, then that person care about the career ladder you needed to do. Perhaps some people just care about the service part, right? Like they're driven by everybody else is doing a great job. Everyone is at peace. So it's a lot of conversation that I believe sometimes we miss out on. Like we just wasn't thinking about how we are all very different from each other. Without having these major conversation, we can be doing all the work and feel like no one cares about us because either we're not communicating and showing our value or our manager or colleagues are not really showing that they see us for who we are and for the good effort and the hard work we put in. Okay. <clears throat> That's cool. That's good. Um, so, so you talked about, um, the integration of neuroscience and, and positive intelligence in your work. How does, how does these help these tools help, um, the, the individuals in the healthcare system with, with, uh, the endless to-do list? Right. The concept is uh, positive intelligence. Many people believe achievement mostly is based on the year's experience. Right. When you get a CV, when you go job interview, it seems like that has to be very long. You've been working 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Most people value experience. But in reality, IQ, EQ, experience, skill set, right? Like that special talent, that all add together is only 50% of equ equation for what achievement means. The other 50% is called passive intelligence, which have three major muscles, the subator, because we get into our own way, right? We all know that. Yeah, there's actually yeah. 10 different reasons why we do that. And then the self-command muscle means you can quickly recognize why you're stopping yourself or this additional persona that you have in your head. It's really not us. We are born curious, pure, fun, but as we grow, as we start learning about restriction for social input, social media, friends, parents, neighbors, all this combination, then we start putting ourselves into a box. Like, I don't know. I only feel the comfort of my own bubble, right? And so we have to be able to recognize the saboteurs and then quickly say, well, put a stop on that. Right. So when people work with me, I know all of us, number one saboteur out of the 10 is called the judge. And then we want to give that name to that judge because it's not us. It's just like a persona we created. <laughs> so for me, I call it itty bitty shitty committee because this committee <laughs> always going to chime and sing and nonstop day and night. <laughs> right. So simply I'm accepting fine, you're just going to freaking chime at me all the time, but at least I know when you're singing. Now I'm going to be like, whoa, stop right there. Let me reset myself. And mostly, it's very difficult for anybody just to not think for a while, right? And that while could just as short as two minutes, where, which I call them mini mental vacation. I done that on um, 
like shows, conferences, uh, keynotes, where I just have people like, close your eyes. Try to not think about anything, but just put two fingers together, hands together, just noticing whether your hand is dry or moist, cold or warm, smooth or rough. Don't even interpret what it is, just concentrate so much on the sensation of touch. And when you have any other thought come to you, let them fly by you like the wind, like something just go by you and forgive yourself for having all this bombardment of thinking, I need to check that email. Did I reply to that person? Oh, my phone is going off, right? All those to-do lists that our mind cannot stop. So when we allow ourselves to simply reset, recharge, then we can go into that higher level of our brain called SAGE. Now we can become more curious. We actually see opportunity for what it is. It's an opportunity, not a barrier to slow you down. And then we can also be what? More creative. We don't need to rely on everybody to validate us before we push anything down. We can actually be more fun and curious to create, right? Use that part of our brain. And we can also be more innovative and to go to even the next level. And we can be more empathetic, not only toward tough situation of others, but also ourselves. Now, we would think if anyone in health and wellness already are more empathetic, that's not true, right? We, just like my example, despite how much you know, when you get stuck in a certain situation that is being in a disadvantage of where your situation are, we get into that reactive mode instead of reset and responding to how can I assess the situation better, right? So just because perhaps we have all these medical degrees doesn't mean that we're always on the right path or the right way of thinking. At the end of the day, Mental fitness is just like a regular muscle, a physical muscle that we have to train every day. So if we can reset ourselves, the research saying is that every six seconds of that you notice perhaps is grabbing that cup of coffee. You feel the warmness of the cup. You feel the aroma of the smell of the coffee going through your nose. You had a minute to breathe and you feel the vibration of the air going through your nose, throughout the body. Whatever that you're sensing, perhaps it's the fan that's going off, right? Without truly interpreting what it is, you're just simply noticing everything that are positive around you and continue to build that into your system. And after about six weeks, people are showing even from business standpoint, 13% higher in sales, and people can go to sleep that much easier. And people are more likely to show up the missed days from employees have dropped. So there's multiple different benefit when you're thinking about what it means to retrain our brain to stop these saboteurs from invading ourselves and getting to that higher level brain. And that, of course, is only one step when we're thinking about productivity, right? So if we can train our brain first, 
then we can think about these other logical steps to make the better decision. Have you heard about the thing called decision fatigue? Decision fatigue? No. So tell me if this sounds familiar, where sometimes everyone is texting you, emailing you, or even in any type of situation asking you, hey, what, are you about, uh, what about this? What do you think about that? Have you uh, finished this part? Yeah, I need help on that. Does that happen in, to your life or business at all? Yeah, it's, it's, it sounds like, um, I guess when, when you feel overwhelmed, when everybody just, you feel like everybody just bombarding you with, with work and questions and, and just a whole bunch, just sometimes you get, you get tired of making decisions and you just wish someone else would make it. Yeah. Right. The more that we have to make decision, that means we have to actually think like, is that the right decision? What do I have to do? What's the consequence of that decision? Yeah. So when we got so bombarded, some research even show that by the end of the day, why do we want to see people and do operation very early on the day is because they done studies by the end of the day, when the provider become more fatigued, they're actually less likely to recommend treatment plan for them patients. So that means like, wow, like they can be that tired and not providing the right care to people. Right. And so if you apply that to any business sense, that means, does that mean your sales decrease because they're just not that rigorous about making that calls and follow up with people? Right. Or is that when you go into a networking meeting, the happy hour, you're so tired, you don't even want to have a conversation to get to know a new person. So decision fatigue is definitely one of those things that we wanted to say, how do we cut down decision fatigue? by putting in parameters that keep us safe, right? Instead of everyone's bombarding us. So I always believe when we are able to say no, it actually means new opportunities. It actually means that we're opening up doors to the things that we can say, heck yes, totally 100% behind this. And instead of feeling that I have to feel obligated, perhaps I don't really want to do it, but now that I'm committed to it, now I have to really walk it down the road and really make sure I finish this. Okay. Um, what, what advice do you have for someone who feels overwhelmed and burned out, but um, they don't know where to start in terms of improving their time management? Right. Uh, of course, burnout has different stages. Um, women and men are different as well. The three stages first is that physical impact, the mind cloudiness, the fatigue, the cold that never went away, right? And poor sleeping, perhaps you're just not feeling like even you gone through slept, you did sleep a whole night, you don't feel refreshed. Second stage is the mental side where you feel cynical about nobody doing the right thing. I can't believe no one helps me. If we just hire more people, if they're just going to work faster, then it won't hold me back. Right. And then the last stage, of course, are the most severe one where people can use drug, alcohol, uh, illicit drugs.
drugs and having even suicidal ideation. Depending on where you are in each stage, different help needed to be in place. And I always believe that initially we got into burned out is now because we just simply like throw our hands, we want to do less. It's more that we start recognizing people don't appreciate all the hard work that we're putting in. And we actually wanted to do more things that we love to do without all the burden, obligation, and the detachment to what used to feel joyful. So how do we start is what I call a focus funnel. And this focus funnel means we have all these activities out there, right? And we go into the funnel to number one is what can we say no to? What can we eliminate out of the way? And number two, can we create some type of automation system with all these amazing technologies out there, AIs out there that can just do it for us? And number three, who can you delegate these tasks that you don't have to physically do? Because your value, your hourly rate, is so much higher than hiring a system to do that minor task, that administrative task, that data interest task. And then once you say, I cannot eliminate, I cannot create an automation system, I cannot give someone else to do, then it becomes you. Now you can actually say, would this activity produce your time or rob your time? Means, would this activity create long-term results? If yes, means that uh, you have to send out the proposal to a client, that will produce your time, right? You produce your revenue and then more things down the road. Great, then you have to concentrate. Somehow mark on your calendar exactly when you need to do this. And if it's robbing your time, even it might just take five minutes, but multiple five minutes will add up. So if it's robbing your time, then that task go back up to the focus funnel to be dealt with later on. So then you think about, okay, well, how do I even decide when to eliminate? That's what uh, Michael Hyatt has called this a freedom compass. We all know about the 2080 rule, right? And so if we think about what are the 20% of activity that give you 80% result, and flip that to say, how can I spend 80% of my time on the things I need to do to give you even more result? Instead of spending on the time an activity that's called the distraction, disinterest, or the discouragement zone. How do you know which zone everything falls? The desire zone is both things that you're passionate about you just feel joyful, like, oh, this is really fun, right? And then also things that it's in your genius zone. That's your talent. It come easy to you. No one else does. And for me, it's making high-level connections. And that's why I'm a deal catalyst for the health tech companies. They come to me, it's like, Sabrina, how come you always know these new people? And then they're like, I'm having great conversation with them. We're thinking about XYZ projects already. Like, awesome. And, but something come to me easy might not come to you, but your skill might be something else. Could be finance, tax, could be marketing, could be sales, 
could be operational, whatever that is, right? So we wanted to know whenever you do things, you want to do more on both your enjoy to do and it's in your genius zone. Because if it's just what you enjoy to do, not in your genius zone, guess what that is? Do you uh, think that's a distraction or a disinterest or discouragement? I say distraction. Distraction, yes. And then what about if it's, uh, it comes very easy for them to do, but they don't really like to do it? Do you think that's a disinterest or disinterest? That's more disinterest. Yes, disinterest. Because when you do multiple things repeatedly that you don't like to do, it will kill our momentum, right? It just doesn't give you the uplifting thing we like to feel when we wake up in the morning. And the discouragement is that you don't like to do and you're not good at either. And so you feel like this trapped of obligation, like, oh, I have to publish article today, but I just don't even have time or energy or thought process to even write it. Okay. Oh, man. You've been sharing a lot of good nuggets and, and tips. And I, so in addition to, to being a productivity coach, you're also an international best-selling author, and you're the host of uh, the Provider's Edge podcast. Um, can you tell a little bit of something about uh, the, the podcast? Yeah, I love being podcast. I've been uh, running my show for the past two and a half years. We are 140-something, 150 episodes already published. And then uh, looking into my shows and recordings, uh, we have all the way uh, planned out to 2020, um, uh, end of uh, 2023. So that's very exciting. And our show is really focusing on the healthcare executives, founders, innovators. How can we create that big social change, the positive change within a healthcare system at the same time? running a sustainable and profitable business um, because we all are really good at problem solve and we can all trying to find a solution but if you're finding a solution you're getting investment or you're creating a new practice but if it's not sustainable then again it's not successful and if we understand what does it mean and what do we do to learn it, to grow the challenge we overcome and we're helping other people to see that, then collectively we can grow together. And luckily last year, one of the Women's Empowerment Network also picked up that show. So now we're on Apple TV, Roku and Fire TV. So that's the exciting thing. Uh, and um, with uh, the past year, because I've been involved in so much on how to help technology companies, especially in the healthcare space, medtech, digital health, wearables program to gain the right visibility so other people know about that. Technology building as fast as speed of light, but adaption are very much slow, like speed of turtle. So how can we bring solutions to all these big organizations, patients, so they can actually have a better sense on what type of question to ask when they're engaging with these tech companies and how can tech companies position themselves as a unique resolution and the ultimate solution for this problem, right? Because 
in majority of business building, we all know we wanted to meet amazing people, high level stakeholder. But if you don't position yourself very clearly, they're not really understanding the value you're bringing, the quality of the your product services. And it doesn't matter who you meet, they're going to dismiss you. So I'm all about making sure you look good, sound good, and within a really short period of time. Whoever you talk to, that person can be amazing referral partner for you. So you cannot drag your conversation on for like two, three, four, five minutes, and they're still confused, right? Um, and then also put them into the right circles. Because at the end of the day, if we're talking to the wrong people, doesn't matter how amazing your messages are, it's not really getting you anywhere. Um, so when we think about visibility, credibility, that's what we need to focus on. The right message, the consistency to talk in every single language means spiritual, emotional, and physical. And then be able to have massive visibility by leveraging media, podcasts, or other areas, even local community. Then when people also recognize your value, then when you're in front of these high networks stakeholder, it's much easier and flowing conversation that truly convert your connections into a champion. Oh no, I, I'm I am uh, big on networking. To me, being able to go connect with people and and build relationships and and be able to foster them and and nurture them, and it's beneficial. It's it, it's in order for you to if you want to grow your business or whatever it is that you're doing. You're not going to be able to do it alone. You have to connect with people. You have to have people around you that if you don't know what you're doing, at least they know what they're doing. Or or if you're trying to learn something, find that person that knows what you're trying to learn and connect with them. Build a relationship with them. Exactly. It's finding the right people. And be open to say, let me have a conversation with them. And perhaps you go into it without any agenda. And But the agenda is simply, I want to know what they do, who they support, and then how can it be a service for them? And the main thing that I always have to disseminate is how do you create win-win situation? We have probably all heard of the term from the uh, highly successful seven habit of highly effective people, right? However, to truly create one-one situation, most time when I ask people that question, be either on my mastermind or I'm uh, having a one-on-one -on -one consultation with them, it always giving me the win for them, but they're not actually telling me the win for the other person that they're talking to. So if it sounds too much just their win not the other person's win, then they come off like salesy, right? That come off like a taker from the three levels of social psychology, the taker, the giver, and the matcher, right? And we know if people too much in a matcher psychology, it's actually not helpful. Means if I give them help with that, I have to get something back. Matcher has a tendency by study to punish the taker. And they even will do things that's negative in their own interest 
just to punish the taker, even though they're losing. So just being a matcher is not really great. So we have to think about win-win situation as like, how can I deliver something for them? How can I help them out in their best interest? So for example, on a conversation, actually just happened earlier today. I was on a call with another podcast host uh, who's in patient advocate. And then he does have a lot of uh, involvement with being a cancer survival, great story, all those great things. So my one for him is that I actually know other podcast hosts and event hosts who are caretaker. And because that's very much connected to the patient advocate, the caretaker most time are the advocate for your patients. And for them to be connected, to share his message, it opens up another whole market, a whole audience for what he's trying to speak as a professional speaker. Now, uh, uh, for him, he's think, oh, Sabrina, you help these companies. I have someone who I'm working with. I'm their US-based uh, patient advocate. I think you can really help them from the marketing side, from a strategic business relationship side and getting them some of the right media coverage. So they're not just talking within their own bubble and then don't really know what everybody wants to know about them. Like, great, yeah, I'm happy to have that conversation to see if that's a fit or some of my connection will be a great fit, right? So then you become a win-win situation. And then on top of that, I always say, I appreciate anyone who trusts me enough to introduce me to anyone. So if there's become a client of mine that I'm working closely with, I'll give 10% referral as long as that client is with me. So you continue to gain that 10% months to months or whichever time we renew that contract. And instead of, of uh, calculating based on first introduction, that's it. So whatever it makes sense for you to create some kind of win-win situation, whether it's a referral program or what they care about is to reach more mass media, more people to understand their driving mission, right? You meet them where they are. That's win-win. Instead, some people in my mastermind, when I ask them to introduce themselves, tell us how we can serve you best and give us the win-win, how you can serve other. The response was, well, I'm the best at educating people on XYZ. And therefore, all the people who are primary care uh, physician, ENT, who don't do what I do, I can really serve them patient. And the when just their patient are gonna have more services. I'm like, that's correct, but that's not a win-win, right? That's just simply you offer your services, it's still your win. And yes, they are able to give additional services to them patient, but not necessarily improved their practice in some way. Right, you're just saying, oh, well, I have additional offer. That just seemed like, oh, someone who discovered another subspecialty and you write, write a script to say, please go see that person, right? How are you really helping that practitioner to grow their practice and better engage with that patient? What does that mean? What do they want, right? That's the misunderstanding 
a lot of people are getting into when they're creating win-win situation. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Sabrina, this has been a great conversation. Um, you, you're very knowledgeable in what, in what you do. Where exactly, now is the time of the show where you get the, uh, the solo screen and you get to plug away, let them know where they can find you, your websites, your book, where they can find the book, everything. Yeah, great. I appreciate it. Check out sabrinarombach.com, my phone name. I'm actually very active on LinkedIn. So if you are actively on LinkedIn, I have many different free resources where you have our, my live session with um, my podcast where we have brought on live participants uh, on our weekly LinkedIn audio, uh, a newsletter that goes out on Mondays, and then screaming for the TV show on Thursdays. And love to have a conversation, especially you're in the space of healthcare entrepreneurship and tech to see how we can really put you uh, as the thought leader in that specific area. So then you can truly serve more patients uh, in your community and then in a bigger round of healthcare. All right. Uh, thank you, Sabrina. Um, don't leave just yet. Let me uh, close out the show and me and you chat a little bit off the air. But um, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. It's, this has been great. I, I greatly appreciate you once again for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks, everyone, for listening. All right. So I, I'll be right back. Don't leave. All right, so that was a great conversation. Thank you once again for, uh, to Sabrina Runback for coming through and 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 dropping some some great tools and knowledge and and just coming on and and helping share her message, man. I I greatly appreciate that. All right, now big shout out to everybody in the chat. I don't know who Facebook user is, but thank you for coming through. Uh, he loved the fact that you called it the itty bitty shitty committee. <laughs> Uh, what's going on to the BS3 network? We air there uh, Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, Wednesdays, 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central Time. It's a Roku channel as well. You can download it on the Roku channel. As always, big shout out to my real wise fam, Bobby J, Brandy J. Love you guys. Big shout out to the boss lady. Love you and appreciate you, baby. A uh, big shout out to our guest, Sabrina Runback, for coming through. And as always, a big, big shout out to all the essential workers out there. God bless y'all. You know how your boy Wise does it. I was a little bit too fast on the trigger. Peace out.